This is Big Sky Big Takes, your Around the Horn style podcast of all things Big Sky Conference. Big Sky Big Takes is produced by the Montana Mint and syndicated throughout the Big Sky Podcast Network. The Eagles are in free fall. The Grizz moved up one spot in the national rankings despite a loss uh, to Oregon and Weber State almost knocked off FBS Nevada. Joining me to discuss these and all top stories from around the Big Sky is our wonderful panel. Starting off, my co-host from the Montana Mint Sports Pod, we have Hot Take Nate, beat reporter for the Idaho State Bengals from the Idaho State Journal. You might know him, formerly of Skyline Sports, Andrew Howden, Eastern Washington superstar and host of the Eagles Power Hour, Kyler Neal, and one of our several resident Vandals fans, the editor of the Montana Mint Sports and contributor to Tubbs at the Club, Brian Marceau. Guys, I want to get started with our Around the League's segment going over kind of the top stories and i never thought i'd be saying this but we are starting the show talking about sacramento state the hornets are two and one with wins against division two southern oregon and a 50 to zero win over northern colorado this weekend the hornets also played a close game against fbs arizona state losing just by 12 but they were in it the whole time arizona state is ranked number 24 and beat michigan state this weekend Guys, what is the ceiling for Sacramento State this year? Kyler, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, thank you, man. Well, first off, let me say head coach Troy Taylor is amazing. He was our he was at Eastern Washington as our quarterback coach, and you can kind of give him the credit for developing our walk-on quarterback, Gage Gruber. That being said, their ceiling is playoff spoiler. I get they beat Northern Colorado 50-0, to zero, but let's be honest, who hasn't scored 50 on Northern Colorado? <laughs> Plus, in that game, Northern Colorado lost their only hope to a two-win season with their 50th-year quarterback starter, Jacob Nip. He got injured. So Stack may, Sac State has never made the playoffs, and they won't this year, but they could definitely spoil someone else's chances. Brian Marceau, what's Sac State's ceiling? So Kyler's right about playoff spoiler, but for the wrong reason. The Big Sky right now has seven teams that have reasonable playoff aspirations. Counting Sac State, that's also both the Montanas, Eastern, Weber, Davis, NAU. Sac State, I mean, we talked about Montana having a rough schedule. Sac State plays all six of the other Big Sky teams who expect to make the playoffs. They essentially have no night off the entire year. Their defense has been great through uh, the, I'm not counting their first week against a D2 or NAIA school, but through the first two weeks, their defense has been great. Quarterback Elijah Thompson, uh, Kevin Thompson and Elijah Dotson have been great. They'll keep the Hornets competitive, but if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to be like a top four team. I don't see it. They got a tough road ahead of them. Andrew Howden, first time on the pod. What is your take on Sacramento State this year? Yeah, I think their ceiling this year is sixth in the conference, which would put them just outside the playoff bubble. Uh, I think the conference has five teams that are a cut above the rest, and I think for Sacramento State, their ceiling is going to be best of the rest. They can do it. Like Brian said, Kevin Thompson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He flies under the radar a little bit, but he's a great player. I'm excited to see what Troy Taylor can do there, but I think uh, playoff aspirations might have to wait for a year down the road. And Hot Take Nate, we've texted about them, mostly because we're worried that this is one of the very few shared opponents the Grizz and the Cats have. Tell the folks what you think about the Hornets. Well, I think their ceiling is pre-conference sweethearts, where they have a couple sexy, well, a big win over UNC, kind of stayed competitive against Arizona State. But then, like Brian said, they go Eastern Washington, Montana State, Montana a Cal Poly, which they could win, and then Weber State, NAU, Idaho, Davis to end out the year. So they are not going to make the playoffs. They'll be the playoff spoilers, but they're going to be that fun team that we talked about 
before conference season started and thought, are they going to be frisky? But then you looked up their schedule. They have no shot. And if they do get through this, they have national championship uh, contender written all over them if they can make the playoffs after getting through that gauntlet of a, of a schedule. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, th- that schedule, just looking at it up and down, there is not a easy game on there. Uh, and, and I think that they can kind of play the role that Idaho State played last year where kind of frisky, but just a lot of things working against them making the playoffs. Uh, moving on, the Montana Grizz are – Two and one currently, and they currently sit at number five in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings. Ahead of them, it's one and two Eastern Washington and one and two Weber State. Guys, are the Grizz properly ranked? Andrew, what do you think? Yes, I think the Grizz are still properly ranked, at least for one or two more weeks. Uh, you know, the records early this season. Don't mean too much. There's a bunch of FBS team records in there. There's a bunch of Division Two games in there. I still want to see a little bit more from the Grizz or a little bit more of a tailspin from Eastern before I move the Grizz up into the top four. Hot take, Nate. I have a feeling I know what your answer is, but are the Grizz properly ranked at number five? You do know me very, very well. Uh, I say they're properly ranked. South Dakota, not good. We thought they may be uh, you know, a middle ground uh, conference team. At the beginning of the year, they're 0-3, and they just lost to Houston Baptist. Not a great win for the Grizz, like not a signature win. North North Bama, not good, not a signature win. They looked okay against Oregon, but we really aren't going to know anything about this Grizz team until they play Davis in two weeks because they have a, a shitty team in Monmouth coming this weekend. So the Grizz are properly ranked. A couple good wins that they should have won. They're going to win this weekend, but it's really going to come down to seeing them play Davis uh, on the 28th to really get an idea of what this team's all about. Brian Marceau, you put the power rankings together and write up the the reviews. Where did you have the Grizz in your rankings? I have the Grizz at four, but the further away from the weekend I get, I should have had them at three. And the reason I say that is if we look at 2019 as completely independent from last year and only look at, at games played this season, the Grizz should be no worse than third and definitely above UC Davis and Montana State. The reason I say that, Montana has two blowout FCS wins, and they looked okay versus Oregon. Uh, what the Grizz have is against FCS teams, they've just looked great, even if they're bad teams. Both Davis and Montana State have a better win than Montana, but they've also had games where they look significantly worse. And broadly speaking, the Big Sky, I think, is different than it was last year, where we had a clear top, top three last year. To me, the top five right now are essentially interchangeable, but because the Grizz don't have any blemishes, I think they are, they're top three. All right, and Kyler, close us out here. As an Eagles fan, do you think the Grizz are properly rated? You guys all missed the biggest point. No, they are not properly rated. The Grizz should be ranked above Eastern Washington right now. Eastern Washington may have had the tougher schedule right now. I get it. We've had the tougher schedule. But right now, we have zero Division I wins. And the Grizz have looked impressive. First, their their weaker teams that they played, but they've looked impressive, and they have two Division wins. Eastern might be the better team moving forward, but as of right now, if you're looking at just the evidence, Eastern Washington has performed maybe below what they should have, where Montana's overperformed. I, I say you got to put the Grizz above Eastern Washington right now. Yeah, a lot of weight being given to Eastern Washington's uh, history with doing well in the conference, but their record doesn't really show it so far in the season. Uh, but a team that has, I think we all universally agree, looked good this year, Weber State. This past weekend, Weber State led by backup quarterback Caden Jenks. And for a few plays, third stringer Kylan Weiser they almost took down FBS Nevada, losing by less than a touchdown, 
Weber put it all on the line, including running a fake punt that was successful. Should FCS teams, though, be opening up their playbook uh, to beat an FBS opponent, or do you just collect the paycheck and go? Brian, I know you've thought about this. What do you think about Weber State kind of opening up their playbook against Nevada? Weber State did what FCS teams have to do if they're competitive against FBS teams, which is do whatever you can to win. The, the big reason for this is to make the playoffs, you need Division One wins. Just look at Eastern and Weber right now. Both of those teams are going to en- enter the conference season with no more than one Division One win each, which means in a loaded Big Sky conference, those key- teams can afford at most maybe two losses uh, to stay in the playoff hunt or maybe at two losses they're, they're on the playoff bubble. If you want to make the playoffs, you cannot afford to just throw away games unless you're like Montana, Montana State, and you can schedule better. So, yeah, I think teams should do whatever they can to get a win. Kyler Neal, when you saw Weber State pulling off that fake punt, what were you thinking? I loved it. Yeah, I I think you got to show your whole playbook, especially if you're Weber, whose offense is not impressive by any means. But the other reasoning is playoff seeding and the simple rating system the playoff committee uses. An FBS win is actually counted as almost 1.5 FCS wins. If you're in the game and you could potentially close it out and you have to risk it to boost your resume, a loss does nothing positive or negative, but a win is all positive and it could be the reasonings you're you're having the home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs. What do you think here, Nate? Should we, as an FCS team, do we just collect the paycheck, or did you like seeing Weber State kind of show a lot of their cards in week three? Well, Montana State ran a fake punt against Texas Tech when they were already out of the game. I was kind of scratching my head <laughs> on that one, wondering why you would do that uh, when you really had no chance of winning that game You know, after, after a couple of possessions when Texas Tech scored. So I didn't see why Montana State would do it, but I 100% see why Weber State would do it for all the reasons that everybody has said before me. If you have a chance to take down an FBS team, no matter who they are, it doesn't matter if one, they're one of the worst FBS teams, one of the best, you have to take that chance to beat uh, an FBS squad. Nevada was looking like they could be upset, so Weber State put it all on the line. Didn't work out, but I think it's something that that one fake pun is not going to come back to haunt them during the year, and a, and a win over Nevada would have been just absolutely and obviously massive. Andrew closes out here. Do you agree with the with the panel so far, or do you got other thoughts on this? No, I think everybody's hit it right on the head. If you're in that game late, you got to go for it because I think you know, of course, getting the division one is division one win is important in the non conference. Also, it's just it's a great thing for your team to have, you know, on the table as they're going into the conference schedule here as we're getting late in the non-conference. You take a win over an FBS team into your conference schedule. You know, you're going in with momentum. You're going in, you're flying high. I think you've got to do anything you can to try to get that. Well, the one thing people love is when we all agree. Uh, We all have you on here because you're experts on your respective teams. Let's drill down a little bit on team-by-team specifics. Hot take, Nate, just because I want to talk about the Bobcats. Let's start with you. Uh, Isaiah Infante, Troy Anderson, they're a little banged up. If you were Coach Choate, what would you do with these two players this weekend against a big underdog, Norfolk State, coming into Bozeman, knowing that your conference season is just one weekend away? Well, it's an interesting place to be. The Cats have taken care of their first two F. CS opponents. So they're 2-0 and in the FCS right now. They have those two Division One wins, which means they'd have to go 6-3 and the rest of the season to close it out and really have a great chance, uh, obviously, at the playoffs, getting those eight Division One wins. So Norfolk State comes in. They're like a 25-point dog right now. And I still don't think that you can 
even risk not winning this game and going into the conference season three and one, even though it is a superior, um, inferior opponent in Norfolk State. So the biggest thing here is I think you have to go into this game. You start at Fonse if he's healthy enough. You start Anderson and let the and you, you do your game plan the same way you would do it if they were both perfectly healthy. The moment this game is done, the Cats have it in the bag, which I'm assuming they will. You take them out and you get them rested up for NAU the next week uh, to start off the Big Sky. So, you know, I think it's it's a huge game in the sense of playoffs and getting that win going into conference season, but it's not something that you can keep your starters in all game if you want them to be fresh for that conference season, which obviously means so much more uh, in the Big Sky and then trying to make the playoffs for the second straight year. Kyler Neal, Eastern Washington has a couple underwhelming games uh, so far this season, a one and two record. Should they still be considered the uh, favorite to win the Big Sky Conference title? Absolutely. And if you just look at this season compared to, let's say, 2010, I'll just throw that out there. We lost to a bad FBS team then. Then we let a D2 team score 32 points on us. Then we went on the road and underperformed against a ranked team. After that, their schedule is much easier, kind of like this year, which lets a young defense develop. Eastern Washington's offense right now is still one of the most intimidating matchups in the FCS for a defense to prep against and play against. And we just need to let our defense really, our defensive playmakers really just, you know, develop. In the last two games, we've gone up 31 to zero. We've also gone up 28 to seven on the road versus a top 15 team. We've shown at times in each game, the ability to easily be one of the most dangerous teams, a little bit of cleanup, a little bit of development should go a long way. And right now our schedule from here on out paves that road for us. Andrew, first time on the pod, first time we're really digging into Idaho State Bengal football, uh, and it's kind of a tough week because we have the Bengals ranked number 12 in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings. Do you think that's a fair ranking for Idaho State? Well, I think it's probably fair given what they've shown so far. Um, I think they're probably a little bit better than that. I don't see any way that they're worse than both uh, than than one of Northern Colorado and Southern Utah this year. I think they're clearly better than both those teams. What people seem to kind of forget about Idaho State is that they have a lot of talent coming back. They had eight or nine offensive starters coming back. They had real, you know, all conference level players coming back at each level of the defense. You know, I think their offense is going to be fine regardless of which quarterback they play. They've got Matt Strzok, who started in week one. Uh, Gunnar Amos finished out the Utah game after Strzok took a big hit. We'll see which one they come out with against Northern Iowa. Um, Their schedule does them no favors this year, but there's a lot of talent on that team. I think when we look back at the end of the season, we'll probably say that, yes, uh, 12th out of the 13 teams in the conference was a little bit low for Idaho State. Yeah, and the crazy thing is we are not going to know anything about this team, I feel, until conference play starts up. Uh, Staying in the state with the Idaho Vandals, Brian, I'm going to ask you our last question around two. Uh, But last week, Idaho almost took down an undefeated FBS team in Wyoming, ended up losing the game 21-16. What does this tell us about Idaho? They won't make the playoffs, but can they potentially become a playoff spoiler? So different from the Bengals, we know exactly what the Vandals are. They're a slightly better version of what they were in 2018. Uh, their offense is going to be terrible because their quarterback cannot make make intermediate throws at all unless he's got an hour in the pocket. Uh, so Idaho's offense is going to, again, be pretty bad. 
the bright side for the Vandals is our defense has been better, particularly our front seven has had moments where it looked real strong, uh, both against Central Washington, which shouldn't matter, uh, but really against Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming's a strong running team. Idaho did all right against their, you know, against their rushers. Uh, but our secondary is still a huge question. At this point, the only team I think we could spoil a playoff dream for is Weber State because Weber State can't score, which means the game will be closer, just like we hung with Montana State last year. But at this point, um, Eastern, Montana, and NAU, because they can pass the ball, they're going to just put up too many points. Sac State, it's not clear yet how their offense will look against the big sky. Uh, but really for Idaho, killing Weber State's playoffs could be our ceiling right now. Idaho-Weber State might be the first 0-0 tie in college football history. Uh, we're going to move on to our Big Sky Fantasy Builder. But first, just a quick word to our main sponsor. As you know, Big Sky Big Takes is a joint production of Montana Men's Sports and the Big Sky Podcast Network. Because of this relationship, we are very proud to be sponsored by the Montana Men's Store we wouldn't be here if it, were, if it weren't for the Montana Mint. We love them and we love their store. Those of us who are from Montana or anyone who's ever been to the state, you start to notice one thing about fashion, and that's if there's a, if there's a store in the state that's making a cool design, uh, if, if there's an online store selling something that, that looks cool about the state, in short order, everybody's going to be wearing it. You think about the home with a period on the end of a shirt, the hat with the outline of Montana with roots coming out of it. This drove our designers at the Montana Mint store insane, so they decided to do something about it. Everything produced by the Montana Mint is on limited runs, uh, so when you buy from the Montana Mint, you can be positive that it's only uh, what you're buying is only one of a, a small number of that design and color that were ever made. It gives you a chance to stand out in the crowd. All their stuff is uh, designed and produced right in Montana. Check them out at montana-mint.com. Search for the store. All right, Fantasy Builder. We uh, build in teams, quarterback, running back, receiver, flex. It's a modified uh, uh, draft in that everyone's taking the same position in each round uh scoring will be posted on our twitter so check it out vote for the pet the best teams but we're of course starting with quarterbacks and in the first pick hot take nate who are you taking well i screwed up the last time i had the first pick for quarterback yes i'm not going to screw up this time i'm taking eric barrier from eastern washington he's going to have a huge game i'm going to win this week because of him I like it. And also because the last week we've instituted the Troy Anderson rule where he can only be taken as quarterback, not as a flex, not as a running back. Uh, number two pick in the round, Andrew, who are you going to take as your quarterback? Well, uh, there's two two top-tier quarterbacks in the league. I'm going to take the second one, Jake Mayer from UC Davis. That offense uh, is explosive when it's on. Mayer um, – was one of the best players in the country last year. Uh, I think that's a pretty obvious pick for me at the number two spot. Yeah, let's see what he can do this weekend. Brian Marceau, who are you taking with number three? I'm taking a big risk. Portland State's got the toughest opponent this week. They're hosting NAIA Eastern Oregon. I'm going to take their <laughs> quarterback, Davis Alexander. <laughs> All right, I'm just writing down Portland State quarterback. Um, and Kyler... Who do you got with the last pick for QBs? So I, I keep wanting to send producer Jerry a bag of shit in the mail for giving me the last pick on the most important position, but you guys keep <laughs> failing him. You get you left Mon, Montana's Dalton Sneed versus Monmouth again. What is wrong with you? I'll take Monmouth, you know, Dalton Sneed over Monmouth over Jake Mayer against North Dakota State. Yeah, 
Dalton Sneath, give it to me. God, I knew I liked you for a reason, Kyler. And because of that, <laughs> round two, starting running backs, I'm going to give you the first pick. Who are you taking? Oh, I appreciate it, buddy. I know I liked you more than producer Jerry. I'm going to take <laughs> Eastern Washington, Antoine Custer Jr. He led the um, Eastern Washington's running back group. He grabbed almost 30 touches for just shy of 200 yards. Let's look to see a big day you know, against Idaho. Brian, who do you got? I'm going to take Marcus Knight, running back for Montana against North Alabama. He became the Grizzlies' workhorse and ran for three touchdowns. He catches passes, too. He's my guy. Man, feeling a lot of Grizz love that makes this show worth every second that it takes to produce it. Andrew, who are you taking for your running back? Well, it's kind of a tough spot here. I think I'm going to take, well, I can't take Afonso if he's hurt. I guess I'll take Elijah Dodson from Sac State. It's another tough matchup for the guys on my team. They're at Fresno State this week. Um, but I just think on talent, um, he's probably one of the best running backs in the conference. Yeah, I like you getting the most talented team out there. Hot take, Nate, close us out. Going with a little unknown, going with Dante Chachery. I think that's how you say his name, from Portland State. So just write down Portland State running back. Okay, Dante, Portland State RB. Uh, Wide receivers, this is another kind of tough round. Uh, Andrew, are you going to stick with talent or go matchup, or who are you taking number one for wide receiver? I think I can get both on my team with Sammy Ackham from Montana. They're playing Monmouth this week. I think Ackham's probably one of the most uncoverable guys in the league. He's gigantic. Um, He's improved so much from when he first got to Montana. He can can actually catch the ball now. He put up a ridiculous stat lines through the back half of last year, and he's just kept on that track through the beginning of this year. So I think that's a pretty easy pick for me. Kyler Neal, who do you got? Yeah, last time I picked this guy, my team's almost looking identical last time. But last time I picked this guy, he didn't even suit up. He's going to suit up. (laughs) Eastern Washington's Andrew Boston. Let's go. That's an easy pick. Hot take, Nate. Number three, wide receiver. I'm going with Dre Dorton from Eastern Washington. Going to love having the double points from Eric Barrierier throwing to him. (laughs) Excited. And Brian, close us out. Again, I'm feeling risky. I'm going with Portland State's top wide receiver, Mateo Tadlalamotu. Uh, he, he's had multiple games over 100 yards, multiple touchdowns. He has another one against the NAIA elite Southern Oregon. All right, and last position, flex. Kyler Neal, you get the number one pick here. Oh, I love it. My team is stacked. Eastern Washington's defensive backs, let me just say, are not very good. They're very young, inexperienced. Idaho Jeff Cotton is actually going to tear them a new one. I'm picking Jeff Cotton. Jeff Cotton, number two, hot take, Nate. You stole my number one. I had Jeff Cotton as a salute to my buddy Luke from the Grizz Fan Podcast. I made fun (laughs) of him two weeks ago when he took Jeff Cotton. I said, who? And then he showed us who he was. So he was first on my flex. So since I have to pick another one, I'm going to go with, it's a little bit of a risk here, but Logan Jones from Montana State. If Afonso can't go on Saturday, Logan Jones put up a career day against Western Illinois. He'll be at home. I'm going with Logan Jones, Montana State running back. I like it. A little handcuff without a handcuff. Uh, Brian Marceau, last pick. Who's your flex? I'm going with Brandon Porter, wide receiver from Northern Arizona. They have a tough matchup against Illinois State. The bright side is NAU has no running game, so he should get a few reps. 
Oh, Casey, uh, Ever, uh, our boy Casey Everett from uh, the NAU podcast. His ears just started ringing with the first NAU player taken off the board. Andrew, close us out. Who's your flex? Well, if I can jump on the Portland State here, train here, and take Charlie Tomopo, is that allowed to take a tight end here with the flex round? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Give me him, then. Right. He's another physically dominant receiver, and uh, as has been mentioned before, they've got Eastern Oregon this week. Yeah, and Tomopeo is one of the few – he is viewed as one of the the guys in the big sky this year that could actually have a big impact in the in the NFL. Um, so you may have some keeper ability with him. Uh, all right, looking over at producer Jerry, he is crunching the numbers. He's putting the last players in the algorithm to decide who is going to the finals. And I feel like Jerry may have been paid off again because he's signaling hot take. Nate will be joined by Kyler in the finals. Holy crow. What an upset guys. Uh, we got, Holy crow. got a, a few questions here for our showdown Four questions before we close out this episode. Uh, let, let me see. Let me ask you this. Who, who do you got in this matchup? UC Davis is hitting the road this week to take on, uh, to take on number one, North Dakota State. They're heading up to Fargo. If I spot Davis a touchdown, who do you like in the game? Nate, you start us off. I'm still going to take North Dakota State until UC Davis can show us something this year besides that kind of close game against Cal. I don't really trust them. They really struggled against South, uh, San Diego. They should have lost against San Diego um, if that last play wouldn't have been so wacky. So I'm taking NDSU plus two or three touchdowns. Kyler, what do you think? You got Davis with yeah. a touchdown spotted. Yeah, if you would have asked me this prior to the season starting, I would have said absolutely. I was not sold on North Dakota State only returning seven starters and you know pretty much a whole new coaching staff. But after that UC Davis for San Diego team, I have a sour taste in my mouth, and I cannot take UC Davis even with a TD spot. I'll take North Dakota State by 17. I agree with Hot Take Nate. All right. Moving on to quarterbacks, who do you like out of these two? Eric Barrierier leads the Big Sky with 1,027 yards. NAU's Case Cookets is right behind him with 1,020. Assuming there's no injuries to these two quarterbacks, which of them is going to lead the league in yards by the end of the regular season? Kyler, start with you. Yeah, I'm actually going to think this is going to be pretty easy if no one gets injured. It's going to be Eric Barrier, and it's literally just because Case Cookets will taste three will face three tough defenses, and, you know, Eric really doesn't. We don't have to face Montana State. We don't have to face Weber State, and we don't have to face Illinois State. And Case Cookus has to do that on the road. All of those are tough defenses, especially on the road. Eric's going to have the easier schedule. He's going to have the most yards. Hot take, Nate. Barrier or Cookus? I think this one is easy for me because I'm the biggest Case Cookus fanboy out yes. there. I'm going to take – Case Cook is he needs to show the big sky something after not really getting to play at all last year. His schedule is tougher. That is definitely for sure. But he does get to play, you know, the sieve of the the Northern Colorado defense. I know that Eastern Washington also plays them. But I just think that him is going to be that victory tour. He wants to get back into that big sky conference play. He wants to show everybody something. And he's my boy. So I have to go with Case Cook is if no other reason than loyalty. All right. Buy or sell this statement uh, from me. Norfolk State is traveling to Bozeman this weekend and Monmouth is traveling to Missoula by herself, fellas, the Montana schools will not go two and zero. hot take Nate. Start with you. 
it's kind of like a double negative. I don't know whether to buy that they're not going to go 2-0 or sell. I'm going to say that the Montana schools are going to go 2-0 for sure. Both teams very weak coming from the East Coast. Both of them really high in the Sagarin rankings, which I do reference when they, um, you know, they lead to my point. But both teams are going to have a, a pretty comfortable wins this week, and I think both at home, the atmospheres at those two stadiums are unbelievable. Both are coming home after some, uh, you know, tough road games. One was a win, one was a loss, respectively, for each team. So I think both teams are going to be jacked up, ready to roll at home. So I'm going to go with both Montana schools winning this weekend, and I don't think it's going to be very close. All right, Hot Take Nate is selling that the Montana schools will not go two and zero. Kyler, are you buying or selling? It looks like hot take Nate and I are going to have to, you know, disagree on the last one to see who becomes the big winner. Cause I have to sell big Norfolk is ranked the 20th worst football team in the FCS and Monmouth is the bottom 50. If, if any of these Montana schools are considered top tier in the big sky, like we all should, or we all view them. And if they lose, I vote, we just boot them from the big sky. <laughs> that seems like a fair compromise. Uh, and last question after their uh, not impressive 50 to zero loss to Sacramento State this weekend, Northern Colorado sits at 0 and three. Are they going to end the year winless? Kyler, start with you. So it honestly is going to depend on Jacob Nip's injury. If he was healthy, they definitely have a shot even this week versus South Dakota, who you know just gave Houston Baptist its first win in after 20 straight FCS losses. But if Nip is injured the whole year, um, the only potential game I see is Idaho State, and I don't think that's a very good potential game. So I'm going to sell it, though. I think they do win one win, and it won't be a game that they are expected to win. Hot take, Nate. Is Northern Colorado going to end the year winless? So I'm going to have to disagree, disagree with Kyle here. They are going to end it winless. I will agree that South Dakota gives them one of their best shots at winning. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. The only other game that I see that they could possibly win, Portland State. It's at in Greeley, no atmosphere. Teams go there to die on the road. But I still think Northern Colorado is that bad. A 50 to nothing loss to Sac State last week kind of cements that for me. I'm going Northern Colorado over in 2019. See, I agree. I think Northern Colorado is going to go winless. I also think somehow Ernest Collins is going to get a contract extension. You would have been the winner, Hot Take Nate, but because of your phone problems that our fans can't even hear, Jerry has declared that Kyler Neal is the winner. Kyler, as the champion, you get 30 to 40 seconds to rant about whatever you want. Tell us what you're thinking. Well, I really didn't have anything prepped because I didn't think I'd win twice in a row. But just like Eastern Washington's dominance with the Big Sky, it looks like we have a dominant winner in the Big Sky Podcast Challenge. It's Eastern Washington, <laughs> Kyler Neal. It looks like you guys are going to just be, you know, spreading behind the wings of Eastern Washington Eagles as we continue to fly. Um, the other only thing I have is, you know, Idaho, we're ready for you. Get prepared. We're going to beat you. Let's go. Kyler Neal, 2-0 in the Big Sky Big Takes podcast. Where can people find you online and where can they listen to your podcast? So you guys can find me online on um, FCS Fans Nation for one. I am one of the admins there. I'm everywhere online, but um, you can find our Eastern you know, Power Hour podcast on at Eagles Hour. It's going to be released every Thursday. Um, this week, we'll have some guests from the Tubs at the Club, which is going to be exciting. So you can look out on Thursday. Find me on Twitter. Andrew Howden, first time on the pod. Where can people find you? Yep, I'm on Twitter at AndrewH202. 
Uh, look on there for all your Idaho State football needs. We've got the Idaho State Journal podcast. Usually drops every Monday. If it's not there Monday night, it'll definitely be up there on Tuesday. A lot of good Idaho State football talk with me and Madison Guernsey here at the ISJ. Ryan Marceau, you got all sorts of things going on in the Big Sky Conference, but where is the easiest place for people to find you online? Easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Otherwise, you can see my work if you sign up for the Montana Mint newsletter at montana-mint.com and read our read the Big Sky Power Rankings I write every week, either at montana-mint.com or tubsattheclub.com. Yeah, Brian is all over. The power rankings are something that you can't miss. And then, Nate, just because I feel bad for you, you can go last and tell people where they can find you online. Well, I'm 0-2 in the uh, Big Sky Big Takes finals. doesn't feel good, but at least I'm getting to the postseason of a podcast, I guess you could say. So a win's <laughs> a win there. You can find me at Minty Hot Takes over on Twitter, part of the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. It drops every Thursday. Um, yeah, another fun day on the Big Sky Big Takes uh, podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our panel for participating. Thanks to the Big Sky Podcast Network for allowing all of this great content to be out there. Uh, Check us all out on Twitter, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Press stop.